in the midst of the world um, with um, spouse and children and, and friends and, and money and possessions and job and responsibilities, all of that, in the midst of all of that, Gata Sangaha, uh, not attached. How does this person act in the world, especially the person who is engaged in the world? Such an enlightened being and yet still engaged with the body and mind, still engaged in the world. What is that attitude? Yajnaya acharatah karma. All work, all activities are performed as if in a great yajna. And that requires a little bit of explanation. Yajna is a word which we are familiar with. Uh, in, uh, from, it comes from ancient Hinduism. It is still there, in, uh, prevalent in Hinduism. It means the fire sacrifice. Yajna here refers to the Vedic fire sacrifice. That was the prototype of ritual. What kind of ritual? The primary kind of ritual in ancient Hinduism was the fire sacrifice. So there will be an altar, a fire is lit and uh, um, offerings, often this ghee is poured into it uh, with the accompaniment of the chanting of Vedic uh, hymns. And the purpose was like all kinds of ritualistic religion, mass religion, the idea was whatever you want in life, um, you are given that by the performance of these rituals and they were regarded as duties, nitya karma, as the mandatory duties of anybody following the Vedic religion. Now, what Krishna is going to do, so is Krishna saying here that after enlightenment you just sit in front of a fire, fire pit and keep pouring ghee into it? No, what he is saying here is the kind of ritual that Arjuna is familiar with. So Arjuna is familiar with, for Arjuna religion would mean yajna. That's the kind of religion that Arjuna is familiar with. Now Krishna is taking that prototype, that model, that paradigm and changing it completely. So now imagine the higher religion, spirituality as a ritual. So yajnaya acharata karma, the entirety of life, the entire engagement with life, family, um, community, job, everything becomes yajna for this person. It's not a ritual when you light a fire and sit in front of it and pour um, uh, oblations, chant mantras. That's the ritual itself. Now imagine the entirety of life itself as this yajna. So that's what's going to happen. This person now sees the whole life as an appearance. The reality is Brahman, which he or she is. And now in that Brahman, this entire life appears. How do you, how do you relate to it as a yajna? as uh, um, you know like a, a ritual you are performing it uh, so it is so life uh, itself becomes yajna life itself becomes uh, a, a spiritual practice then not a practice to get anything as an expression of one's enlightenment karma. engaged in life in this way doing karma in this way one is not bound by the effects of karma our bondage one way of understanding bondage in samsara is uh, we do karma with some desire and we get the results of that. And that propagates, it becomes a wheel. Desire is there, we do karma with desire, then we get the results. If we do karma according to dharma, to morality, then the results will be good and we have some pleasant experiences. If we act immoral, in an immoral way, uh, prompted by fear or selfishness or desire, then the result will be papa or uh, or uh, demerit and there will be unpleasant experiences. But in either case, dharma or adharma, papa or punya, we are still in samsara. It will keep on going. Either a better kind of samsara or a worse kind of samsara. 
This person is not trapped. Samagram praviliyate. Here itself in this life, karma comes to an end. Um, so, now he will conclude this, this uh, section with the famous verse, 24th verse. This is one of the most well-known verses. Um, speci- especially, I think, because it is chanted before food. So, this verse is immediately followed by food. So, you are warned. After this, you might feel hungry. In uh, many ashrams, some homes also, they chant this. 24th verse, 4th chapter. But a very, very important verse and one of my favorite verses. Not just because it's followed by food, but also because of its uh, philosophical significance. 24th verse. Brahmarpanam brahma havi brahma gno brahmana hutam brahmhevate nagantabhyam brahma karma samadhina the ladle is Brahman, the oblation is Brahman, it is offered by Brahman in the fire, which is Brahman, Brahman alone he attains who sees Brahman in action. Alright, we need to dwell on this. What I'll do is, I'll explain the general philosophical background of the verse and um, then get into a little technical discussion of uh, how this meaning emerges from this verse. It's a little technical um, philosophy is involved here. And then um, I will also, I will not forget that it's related to food. So I will connect it later on to to food also later on. All right. First, what is this verse and why is it so important? Here Krishna unequivocally talks about the highest Advaita, the ultimate teachings of Advaita, that everything is Brahman, including all beings, living, non-living, all actions, every experience is nothing other than Brahman. So the highest non-dual uh, teaching. Non-duality not only in Samadhi, but in actual day-to-day experience of life. When you're walking, talking, eating, working, uh, thinking, doing religious activities and uh, secular activities, everywhere non-duality is there. How? In the midst of so much duality, so much plurality, Actually, non-duality is maintained intact. How? So, in the second chapter, the essential teaching about Advaita Vedanta, about Vedanta was given, the teaching about Atman. That, that is the first step. The first step is to see that, to challenge the idea that we are this body and mind. To challenge the idea that I am only this person, Sarva Priyananda, I am this man or woman. No. Uh, you are not the body, not the mind. Body and mind are there, but you are not that. You are not limited to that. You are the Atman. What is the Atman? Body I understand, flesh and bone here. Mind I understand, thoughts, feelings, likes, dislikes, memories, personality. That's the mind. What is Atman? If it's not body mind, then what is it? It's awareness. It's consciousness. Chaitanyam. It's that, let's call it, isness awareness. Existence and awareness. The same thing. That existence awareness. How do I know that? For that we have studied, we have been studying Vedanta for quite some time, so we know various processes are there. Um, there is the Drigdrishya Viveka, the analysis of seer and the seen. Uh, there is the Panchakosha Viveka, the analysis of the five layers of the human personality. There is the Avasthatraya Viveka, the analysis of the three states of experience, waking, dreaming and deep sleep. All of them, they take you to the same conclusion. Not body. 
not mind, beyond body and mind, right here, within the body and mind, pervading it, but something apart from them, separate from them. Uh, body is changing continuously, mind is changing continuously, but I, the awareness, am not changing. All changes are in body and mind. Birth, childhood, middle age, old age, death, body, disease, body, happiness, desire, lack of fulfillment, mind, misery, mind, frustration, mind, not me. I am the experiencer of all of that. I am the knower of all of that. I am the illuminer, revealer of all of those things. But I am apart from it. Consciousness does not have uh, old age. Consciousness is not fat or thin. Consciousness is not sick, does not get COVID. Uh, consciousness is, does not get frustrated. Consciousness needs nothing. Consciousness never uh, is limited that it needs something else to become fulfilled. No. Unlimited, ever fulfilled, never changing. This awareness, we were led to appreciate this. Second chapter, you are the Atman. You cannot be killed by the sword. You cannot be drowned by water. You cannot be dried up by wind. So and so forth. Uh, you can't be burned by fire. So and so forth. Krishna said that. Um, so this is the first step to realize that you are consciousness. Immediately a thought comes to us. Um, Alright, I am consciousness. But here are so many people. So are there many consciousnesses? Just like in this body and mind, I understand that I am a consciousness not uh, as a part of the body and mind, but shining through this body and mind, pervading it, enabling it to function. When the body and mind are there, I enable this body and mind to function, just like electricity in, um, you know, in, in, in lights and fans and computers. But when the body is, dies, I am not dead. I still exist, except that I cannot function. I can't talk and walk and um, you know, eat. If the body is not there, I cannot think or imagine or remember if the mind is not working. But I am still there. So that uh, immortal consciousness, I am. Correct. But so many bodies. So are there separate consciousnesses? And we have gone through this a number of times. We take it as a second big step. First step, I am not the body-mind, I am consciousness. Very important step. But that's not uh, Advaita. That's just the beginning of Advaita. Still, multiplicity is there. I am consciousness, but other than consciousness, there are so many things. What things? Mind, in senses, body, universe, billions of entities apart from consciousness. So it's not non-dualism. The multiplicity is there. Now the second stage will come, when second step we take, when we ask the question, how many consciousnesses? So am I one consciousness? And uh, father, mother, husband, son, daughter, are they separate consciousnesses? Seems to be so. Advaita Vedanta makes the startling claim. These are stunning claims that you are not the body and mind. First, second big claim. You are one consciousness. Not many consciousnesses. And we have gone through the arguments many times. What are the arguments? Advaita Vedanta reverses this question. Why do you think there are many consciousnesses? See, why do you think there are many bodies? Look at Swami, look at the pictures. There are so many separate bodies. Count them. Why do you think there are separate minds? Everybody has different thoughts, opinions, feelings. You ask them, you will get different answers. So clearly bodies and minds are different, no doubt about it. Why is consciousness different? 
so here there's an argument with uh, sankhya philosophy which holds that consciousnesses are different and all their arguments fall flat we I will not go into that ultimately advaita vedanta says you cannot show by any means that consciousness is differentiated in beings though it seems to be different but there is no logical reason to suppose that it's different every logical reason you give to differentiate between consciousnesses in every body separate consciousness it falls flat um so there is one consciousness in all bodies 13 chapters sri krishna says khetragyam chaapi mam vidhi sarva kshetreshu bharata 13 chapter krishna will say to arjuna no me alone to be the consciousness you do you feel consciousness that you are conscious conscious in that body arjuna will say yes like that there is consciousness in every body and mind yes and that one consciousness shining through every body and mind i am krishna says i am the consciousness shining through every body and mind which by the way he is saying there tattvamasi because he is saying i i krishna brahman i am the consciousness in all bodies and minds and you are the consciousness so you and i are the one thing are the same consciousness anyway advaita vedanta says one atma sankhya says many consciousnesses many purushas advaita vedanta says one purusha one atma one brahman one consciousness in every body and mind just as by the way the biggest objection we have to this you know what the objection is i know what is in the mind uh it it is interesting you must confront this objection the objection to one consciousness in all bodies and minds is this tell me if i'm right or wrong we feel inside as i know the happenings of this mind and body if i am the consciousness in all of those minds and bodies then i should know everything but i know only this body and mind i have got only one perspective through this body and mind i am seeing through these eyes i am smelling and tasting through these this nose and these this tongue i am touching through these hands i am thinking with this mind i know the thoughts and personality of this person but not all of you so if i am one consciousness in all i should know everything right i should it should be revealed to me isn't this the doubt what do you think no you don't have the doubt then you are extraordinary <laughs> many yeah many of you are nodding so this doubt is there he is saying it's one consciousness and maybe logically i cannot logically i cannot argue with but it does not feel like that does not feel that i am a consciousness in all bodies you know why it's like this suppose you are looking in a barber shop many mirrors are there yeah, haircut so many uh, many mirrors are there in each mirror is your reflection of your face and if you say to one of those reflections you alone are in all mirrors the reflections will say that no i am only in this mirror and that reflection is in that mirror and that reflection is in that mirror but i am not in all mirrors true the reflection belongs to the mirror each reflection is unique to the mirror you are the one reflected in all mirrors that's correct now the one which says i know the contents of this mind and body i am aware of this mind and body is the reflected consciousness is not you the pure consciousness that's what's happening that is uh, a crucial point we try to distinguish it may be difficult that is that is one of the the places where you can if you make a breakthrough it is it leads to the first step the enlightenment i am not body and mind that will become clear right now the one which objects i know this mind i know this person it's the reflected consciousness in this mind it is the reflect reflected face in one mirror clearly the reflected face is not same in all mirrors that's absolutely true 
but you the original face you are the prototype for all reflections clearly if you can make that jump from that reflected consciousness to you the real consciousness then the work is done what work is done step 1 is accomplished once step 1 is accomplished step 2 will come very easily that i am in all minds and bodies so after accomplishing step 1 someone may ask will i be able to know uh, the uh, contents of the minds of everybody again you are speaking like a reflected consciousness <laughs> all right so the second big step is atma is one one consciousness in all bodies and minds now even now it's not non duality because bodies and minds are different consciousness is one but bodies and minds and the world in external world is different there are many many bodies and many many minds and many many non living things in the world the last step which is accomplished here in this uh, brahma pranam brahma habi is this that uh, this world which appears to that one consciousness external universe from quasars to quarks uh, bodies um, men and women and children and plants and animals and covid and everything from elephants to virus all these bodies they and minds thoughts feelings personalities all subtle subtle is mind mind level and gross or physical is the level of the body and the universe all of them are appearances in consciousness are not apart from that one consciousness entire jagat world prapancha the universe is an appearance in consciousness in you the atman and not accountably separate it's like all the ornaments are in gold only it's a strange way of speaking we say gold is in the ornaments clay is in the pot but that's not really true it's rather that the go- ornaments are in gold they are names and forms given to gold pot jar names and forms given to clay becomes even more clear when you think about water the waves are in water it's not that the water is in the waves so all this external universe is an appearance in consciousness not separate from consciousness has no existence apart from consciousness this appearance nature of the universe it shows that the universe is nothing but this consciousness this one consciousness which is the ground the adhisthanam rather the the basis of this entire universe this is called brahman brahman literally means the vast the infinite what is it it is existence what is it it is awareness and infinite existence awareness that infinity of existence and awareness itself is called ananda bliss and that thou art you are that this is the third step usually i speak about it in two steps you realize you are the atman apart from body and mind and then second step atman is the only reality it's brahman but it's easier to take it in three steps you are not the body and mind you are the atman step 1 this was taught in second chapter the immortal atman the unchanging atman ever effulgent atman beyond suffering and sorrow then next you are the atman in all beings one consciousness in all beings ekam that's also was taught in the second chapter that was taught then that atman alone is real everything else which you are seeing is not separate outside the atman it is in the atman or not and nothing but the atman the entire universe is an appearance in you the atman just like 
movies are an appearance in the screen. They are nothing apart from the screen. The screen itself appears in the form of the movie. Just like dreams are appearances in the mind. They have no existence apart from the mind. So, this entire universe has no existence apart from the consciousness. Remember, I am not saying just like the dream, whatever is was in the dream is nothing other than mind. In the same way, whatever is in the waking universe is nothing other than your mind. I am not saying that. That's an entirely different philosophy. That's called subjective idealism. Uh, in the Buddhist Vijnanavada philosophy was, is that. The uh, object is not different from the cognition. Uh, or uh, in Western philosophy, Bishop Berkeley um, and the subjective idealists. So that is different. That's not Advaita Vedanta. In fact, Shankaracharya um, painstakingly refutes that. This world is not a creation of your individual mind. Advaita never says that. But world, body and mind, they are all appearances in the consciousness which you are. There's a very big difference. Because mind and consciousness are not the same thing. Dream is a creator. Individual dream is a creation of your mind, which we know. Individual dreams are the creation of our individual minds. But the world is not a creation of our individual mind. The world is an appearance in consciousness. Don't ask individual consciousness or not. No, no, there's no individual consciousness. Consciousness alone is the reality. This is third step. In third step alone, non-duality is achieved. Advaita. Because there is nothing apart from this Brahman. Whatever is experienced in the world is an appearance in Brahman and not apart from Brahman. Though it seems to be apart from Brahman. We seem to have no experience of the so-called Brahman and all that we see is the world. And here Advaita says the opposite. Whatever you see is an appearance and the reality is Brahman. Brahman itself is appearing in all these forms. Just like a rope is appearing as a snake. Now additionally, one more thing has been implied here. The word of karma, Brahma, karma, samadhi is important. So all activities are also Brahman. This is important because we are talking about how to bring this spirituality, this realization of non-duality into our day-to-day -day lives. So everything that we experience in day-to-day -day life, kar karma means every transaction in this world is uh, Brahman. Walking, talking, eating, working, um, loving, hating, whatever is done in this world is actually Brahman, appears to be these things. That is the message of uh, this 24th verse. This verse is... Now, one may just ask here that... Um, Wait a minute, something so abstract as consciousness, how can it appear as a solid world, rocks and trees? So Bill Conrad often says, he quotes uh, when uh, Samuel Johnson, when he was told about Bishop Berkeley's uh, philosophy that everything is the pro product of the mind, is a pro projection of the mind, the mind alone is the reality. So Samuel Johnson, apparently he said, I refute it thus and he kicked a rock. And kicked a rock. He, by kicking it, he says, I refute it. See, a solid rock, I'm kicking it. How can it be the mind? Of course, that's not a correct refutation. You can kick a rock in your dream and that rock would be a product of your mind. But, but, um, consciousness. How can consciousness become a rock or a tree or something? Very good example is the dream example. You see people and um, um, rivers and sky and plants and rocks, uh, hard substance, soft substances. Everything is there in the dream. When you wake up, 
All of it is nothing but the mind. Correct? All of it is nothing but the mind. Mind alone is appearing in all these ways. Mind can appear exactly like that in consciousness. Consciousness alone is appearing in all, as, as the physical universe, no matter how hard or solid, as the mental universe, no matter how diverse. All of it is none other than, none other than consciousness. You may say there, ah, but in dreams, the mind does not become you know, rocks or trees or people. It's just imagination. Exactly. That's what Advaita Vedanta is saying. Not that consciousness has become a universe. It appears as this universe. There is no real universe apart from consciousness. Not that a real universe emerges from consciousness and is not standing apart from it. No. It is still only consciousness. Now, this verse is directed towards Arjuna, who is... So this is meant for an enlightened person who is engaged in the world. That's why the verse has been put in such a way. So an enlightened person who is going to office and who is going to uh, maybe school, taking care of a family and many responsibilities. So how does that happen? That's also mentioned in this verse. This verse says that all the actions are also Brahman. Everything involved in the action. Um, see, for example, the action which has been described there is a yajna. Now you have to imagine a Vedic time fire sacrifice. So there would be a fire which is lit. There would be a ladle, a wooden spoon, big wooden spoon. Uh, that is called arpana. By which the havi, the, the ghee or the oblations, the offerings would be taken and offered into the fire. By whom? By the priest. And they would chant mantras. So exactly like that. So and he says that the wooden spoon, the ghee which is offered, the fire itself, the one who is offering it, all of them are nothing but Brahman. Similarly, every action that we do and all the factors of that action and the results of that action. In Sanskrit, Kriya Karaka Phalam. Kriya Karaka Phalam. Kriya means the action. Suppose you are driving. Then what is the Kriya? Driving. Uh, what is the karaka? All the factors associated with the driving. What are the factors? The car and the GPS and the fuel and the road uh, and the person driving. All of them are factors involved in the action of driving. And the result, you get to a destination. Kriya, karaka, phalam. Everything involved in action. The action itself, all the factors involved in the instruments, the place and everything. And finally, the result of that action. All of them are nothing but Brahman. That's what is being said. In the midst of all activity, not in Samadhi, not in Nirvikalpa Samadhi, but in the midst of all activity, which seems to be so dualistic. I am different, the car is different, the road is different, my destination is different. That's why I am driving a car to my destination. In the midst of all this dualistic activity, um, action has a beginning, a middle and an end, in the midst of all this dualistic activity, the enlightened one sees one Brahman only. Just as you would see one screen or at least notice or understand it's one screen only uh, in which the entire movie is being played out. Lot of activity going on in the movie. In the movie, lot of action. Maybe the cops are chasing the robbers. Lot of action, shooting going on, car chase. But if you go and touch the screen, nothing is going on there. You know you don't have to touch the screen. You know that nothing is going on. So, in fact, 
the screen should not do anything if the screen also gets excited and starts chasing the robots then the movie will be spoiled screen should stay still so that the movie can play can play screen screen should not take part in the movie similarly consciousness brahman which is existence consciousness that is the ground of all experience it makes all experience possible that's the um, attitude of the gyani enlightened one who is in uh, in the world engaged in the world agrihasta does not have to withdraw from the world in the midst of all worldly activities brahma drishti non dual vision in the midst of dualistic activities that person sees everything is brahman brahmamayam jagat all the entire universe appears as brahman is brahman is known to that person therefore good and bad also in the movie hall comedy and tragedy in one sense they are the same to you because they are you know they are movie the only reality there is the screen and the sound and light satchidanand is the only reality and here good and bad are movie tragedy is also a movie comedy is also a movie the uniting factor there is that they are not real that's the saving grace so the gyani enlightened one who can be engaged in action in the office or like arjun in the battlefield has to have this vision of brahman in every activity why would this person act look at the difference between this gyani and the agyani the enlightened one and the unenlightened one the unenlightened one engages in action whether religious action or secular action can do a ritual like a vedic fire um, uh, yagya or a puja religious action or secular action can go to the office and work in a job in all of that the unenlightened person has certain objective to attain what is the objective i must earn money i must get my salary i must get a promotion i must buy uh, black friday i need money for buying things on black friday everybody knows today is black friday i have to buy things so this is an objective why in that case i will be happy if i do not buy i'll be unhappy guaranteed in both cases you'll be unhappy but anyway that's the samsara <laughs> so this is the objective of the agyani the unenlightened person in puja in rituals also the unenlightened person why do they do it it could be that i want something uh, let my child do well in examinations uh, let me go to heaven after death or even if i do not order that the disease be cured even if i do not have any specific desire let all things be all right with my samsara uh, things go well nothing wrong in all of this this is the this is the characteristic of a religious dharmika person a religious person a moral person ethical person absolutely all right but unenlightened does not realize the reality it still thinks i am this body and mind the enlightened person does the same activity but not for the desire for any kind of fulfillment because fulfillment is already there i am the infinite brahman what do i need so why does this person do activities loka sangraham for the welfare of others maybe just to set an example or maybe just this body and mind is supposed to do this work this is dharma let it do or it could be like some great action like vivekananda is engaged in you know taking care of so many people establishing schools hospitals welfare of the world so the not for one's own sake there is nothing to be gained for that enlightened person what does the infinite what does brahman have to gain what does the screen have to gain from the movie nothing 
it just gives the joy to everybody by playing the movie similarly the jnani enlightened person engages in all activities whatever is necessary while maintaining brahma drishti equal non dual vision at all moments effortlessly not that he is trying to think i must think it is all brahman i must think then unenlightened enlightened person effortlessly it is it knows do you have to maintain while watching a movie do you have to keep reminding yourself it's a movie it's a movie it's a screen it's a screen it's a movie it's a screen you will spoil the experience of the movie you keep doing that enjoy the movie you know that it's a screen nothing can go wrong there it's just a movie so you can enjoy it the enlightened person also effortlessly realizes i am brahman all of this is brahman i and this are one and same reality no problem at all this is the uh, sub my substance of the message of this verse now what has happened here is um by the knowledge of brahman by realizing this the world has been falsified jagat mithyatva see world is an appearance like a movie like a dream included in this world is karma all activities so all activities are also appearances like a movie all activities are done like the screen is doing nothing but tremendous activity can go on in a movie similarly i brahman do nothing but tremendous activity can go on in my life if necessary not that you have to be a workaholic that brahmagyani has to be a workaholic not necessary can remain immersed in peaceful meditation also so all activities are fully compatible with complete non activity how this is where that insight comes from the 18th verse seeing inaction in the midst of all activity karmani akarmaya pashyet at the body mind level at the movie level lot of activities possible but at the screen at the screen level no activities going on at the level of brahman atman i do not do anything the real i otherwise a lot of activities going on at the body mind level which is not real for me this seeing the unreality of of activity of action of karma seeing the unreality of karma through the realization of brahman brahma gyanena karma mithyatva drishti by realizing that i am brahman you see the falsity of karma this is called karma sanyasa this is called karma sanyasa i'll repeat karma sanyasa renunciation of action is seeing the falsity of karma which is consequent upon realizing i am brahman which is consequent upon realizing jagat mithyatva falsity of the world falsity of the world means falsity of karma uh, falsity of world how does it come by realizing i am brahman brahma satyatva implies jagat mithyatva jagat mithyatva is includes karma mithyatva that karma mithyatva mithyatva means falsity the falsity of karma is what is meant by karma sanyasa how is that accomplished by gyana by knowledge what am i trying to say here if you notice the name given to this chapter by shankaracharya gyana karma sanyasa yoga you see the name given to this this chapter is chapter 4 is this gyana karma sanyasa yoga chaturtha adhyaya this is what this chapter is known as how does this name come gyana by knowledge what knowledge aham brahmasmi and what is that kind of what is that brahman brahmarpanam brahmavi and so on everything is brahman everything is not brahman alone is 
by that knowledge what happens world is falsified world becomes an appearance karma is falsified and that karma falsification of karma alone is understood as karma sanyasa not the actual giving up of karma not the actual giving up of karma so does an enlightened person give up karma or not may if he is a monk may not if he is someone like krishna or like even a monk like shankaracharya like vivekananda may be engaged in tremendous activity it is in this sense this is a very profound statement gyana karma sanyasa yoga yoga is the spiritual knowledge spiritual practice or knowledge which results in the enlightenment which results in the falsity of the world which results in the falsity of karma which is equivalent to giving up karma while actually doing karma with body and mind gyana karma sanyasa yoga if you look at this verse it is nothing other than brahma satyam jagat mithya jiva brahmai vanapad think about it everything is brahman brahma satyam the world is an appearance jagat mithya who are you you are the you are brahman which is beyond all action while performing all action you are still beyond action jiva brahmai vanapara that central teaching of advaita vedanta brahman alone is real the world is an appearance you are none other than brahman this itself is the meaning of brahmarpanam brahmadi very profound verse one more point i'm just reminded that wonderful exchange between swami vivekananda and uh, and uh, um the uh, this uh, mary um uh, yes bill has got it right bill yeah bill mary hail mary hail yes so she wrote to vivekananda saying in the uh, poems in vivekananda's poems it's there saying that what you are saying that uh, i understood that you have said all is god and that's the meaning of brahmaarpanam are you not saying everything is brahman and vivekananda said not at all i never meant that see it is very important to understand brahmaarpanam vivekananda says i never said all is god such queer teaching is a strange teaching how strange this is what you are teaching that all is god the gita itself says that no i said god only is nothing else is brahmaarpanam brahmahavi means brahman alone is the ladle is not the fire is not the ghee which is offered is not the priest is not it is brahman alone the action of the puja the yagya that is not it is not that in the movie there is actually a cop a cop a car of the cop and the getaway car of the robber and the bank robbers are running away with cash and these are actually they are chasing and there is a shooting none of it is actual only actuality there is the screen not that there are real robbers and cops there but it appears in that way they are not in the same level this is where the two level of truth uh, the vyavaharika and paramarthika absolute level paramarthika brahman only vyavaharika level all activities are going on no problem vyavaharika level is the level of the dream the level of the movie all right so this is the basic basic idea now i promised a little technical note here see it goes like this um look at the words brahmarpanam brahmahavi brahmagno how do you interpret the words here is something called badha samanarikarnyam badha samanarikarnyam very big and fancy word but it's 
important to understand very profound concept you have to get a little bit of grammar in here what he said is a sentence may be vyadhikarana or samanadhikarana what does it mean sentence has many words now the question is do those words refer to different subjects different entities or do all the words many words but they refer to the same entity how does this matter the dualist will say that look sentences refer have many words everybody has to admit that yes so and the words they are different different words refer to different entities if you say yes then the dualist will say our case is proved there are multiple entities language itself says there are multiple entities where is your one non dual brahman multiple words each word refers to multiple different entities the different words are referring to different entities that means there are many entities where is non duality simple i mean a very simple kind of argument this is called vyadhikarana vyadhikarana means different uh, words referring different words are referring to different entities words refer to entities so there is a let me use the glasses to read a book so i am using glasses to read a book i refers to me sarvapriyananda glasses refers to this book refers to this three three words three entities therefore a reading one more action four words referring to four entities where is non duality then non duality means that there is only one entity so language itself proves that non duality is not possible and the non duality non dual teacher comes in and says advaitin say wait a minute there are sentences in which there are many words but they all refer to one entity such sentences are called samanadhikaranam samana means same adhikarana means the ground or basis the basis that means the words are the basis for referring to same entity how many of our pranam mantras विश्वम विष्णुर्वशत्कार भूत भव्य भवत प्रभु थाउजेंड नेम्स ऑफ विष्णु विश्वम विष्णु वशत्कार भूत भव्य भवत प्रभु द थाउजेंड नेम्स ऑफ विष्णु विष्णु सहस्रनाम हाउ मेनी एंटिटीज डू दे रेफर टू वन एंटिटी विष्णु ओनली आर दे डिफरेंट नेम्स यस डिफरेंट नेम्स स्थापकाय धर्मस्य सर्वधर्मस्वरूपिने सो मेनी वर्ड्स हुम डू दे रेफर टू वन एंटिटी श्री रामकृष्ण we started vasudeva sutam devam kamsa sanchanur mardanam for the pranam mantra in bhagavad gita so many words they all refer to krishna so this these such entities such sentences are called samanadhikaranam many words referring to one entity so it is possible for sentences to refer to one entity samanadhikarana sentences now our contention is non dualist contention is when you say brahmarpanam arpana means ladle now you know what 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 why why are you suddenly talking about as ladle or a spoon it's the vedic ritual in which the wooden spoon was used to offer ghee so brahmarpanam two words are there brahma and arpana what is the relationship are they two different things brahman is the creator of the ladle who will say that dualist the ladle is a part of brahman who will say that vishishtadvaita qualified monist what do we say samanadhikaranam there is no relationship between the two words they are one and the same thing they refer to one and the same thing brahman only brahma arpana brahma refers to brahman arpana refers to brahman how how is that possible 
So far you are clear there is a sentence, there is a type of sentence called Samanarikarna where all the words refer to one entity. And we are trying to prove when you say Brahmarpanam, it means one entity, Brahman. How, how is this possible? There are four types of Samanarikarna. There are many types, actually 16 types are there, but we will take four types. Four types of Samanarikarna. This many words referring to one entity, four types can be possible. One is Aikya Samanarikarna. One is, um, Aikya Samanadhikarnam means identity Samanadhikarnam. Then there is um, the uh, Vishesha Visheshana Samanadhikarnam. Adjectival Samanadhikarnam, that is the second one, adjectival. One is identity, second is adjectival, third is Upasana Samanadhikarnam. Third one is for meditation. Fourth one is Badha Samanadhikarnam. Badha means negation or correction. Negation uh, four types identity then uh, adjectival then uh, for meditation then uh, for correction or negation which one we are aiming for the fourth one what are these four very simple actually I will give you the examples you will immediately understand the first one identity when two words are used but they mean the same thing so we will see this in Tattvamasi when we read about that thou art uh, classic example is Soyam Devadattaha. This is that Devadatta. That Devadatta whom Devadatta is a person. Devadatta whom I saw in Mumbai, whom I saw 20 years ago. Now I see that Devadatta in Manhattan uh, today in 2020. So that Devadatta who was young is now old. That Devadatta who had a lot of hair is now bald. So many differences. But this and that they refer to the same person. This is called Aikya Samanadhikarana. One. They are one. That is Devadatta. This is also Devadatta. It's the same. They are not two Devadattas. So is, isn't this Brahmarpanam like that? Not at all. Brahman is not a wooden spoon. Wooden spoon is Brahman. No. Brahman is not a wooden spoon. They are not one and the same thing. Alright. Second one. Adjectival. What is adjectival? Classic example is Nilotpalam. Blue flower or red flower. Or um, you can say uh, orange shirt, orange shirt, orange and shirt, or red and flower, they refer to the same entity. Uh, flower is, it refers to the flower and the orange refers to that orange flower only. Uh, so that flower itself, it's the color of that flower. So it is, it is an adjective, a property of that flower. Uh, orange shirt, no, it need not be color only. Tall man, uh, fast runner. Uh, big house, big, tall, fast, color, these are all properties and they belong to that object. Orange shirt, orange is a property, belongs to this shirt. So, Brahmarpanam, is it adjectival? Um, remember, how is this one then? You say, how can orange and a shirt be one? How can big and house be one? What it means is they both refer to the same entity. One is a property, one is the uh, entity itself, subject, uh, the, the, the object itself. So shirt and orange, they both refer to this. In that sense, they are one because the orange cannot hang in the air without the shirt. So they are referring to one entity. So they are one in that sense. Is it like that? Is Brahmarpanam, wooden ladle a property of Brahman? Not at all. Brahman has nothing to do with the wooden ladle. Uh, Brahmahavi, is ghee a property of Brahman? Not, not at all. So, it cannot be adjectival identity. 
adjectival samanadikaranam the third one upasana this shivalinga is shiva meditate on shivalinga as shiva you go there and imagine the shivalinga and meditate and worship it as shiva it's a stone symbol this is a stone symbol but you are for the purpose of a spiritual practice you are meditating on it as shiva you are identifying it in your mind this is shiva are you being asked to do that meditate on the ladle as brahman this ladle is brahman just think about it like that some people may think that's what we are being asked to do not at all not at all the third one is what we are trying to do third one is like uh, snake and rope what you think is the snake is actually rope what are we doing correct the error it is not a snake it's a rope and shankaracharya says when brahmarpanam brahman is the wooden ladle it is not a wooden ladle it is not arpanam it is brahman it is not a snake it is brahman it is not a snake it is a rope similarly it is not a wooden ladle it is brahman brahma havi it is not ghee havi it is brahman brahma agno it is not fire it is brahman how are you getting this meaning badha samanadikaranam by correcting the error snake and rope are the same thing what does it mean does it mean that there is a snake and rope they are one and the same like devadatta no does it mean that the snake is a property of the rope no does it mean that you have to meditate on the rope as a snake no it what it means is it's not a snake it's a rope when you say arpana brahmarpana it's not an arpana it's brahman it can for every activity so the fire it's not fire not a snake rope it's not fire it is brahman brahma havi brahman is it's not ghee not a snake it's a rope it's not ghee it is brahman similarly uh, it is not a priest uh, but it is brahman so it's a correction like not a snake it is a rope that is what is being told to us snake is an appearance rope is the reality wooden ladle is the appearance name form function but the reality is brahman existence awareness ghee is the appearance name form function but the reality is brahman existence awareness fire is the appearance name form function it's called fire looks like fire functions like fire but it's what is it made of it is uh, existence awareness brahman brahman is the reality it's not fire it's brahman this is the in form of enlightenment through badha samanadikaranyam we are able to decode see it's cool, it's cool to say everything is god how is everything god Uh, when you are working on a computer doing your uh, your assignment or your your dead meeting a deadline so if you say computer is brahman the you are brahman and uh, the the deadline is brahman and your boss is brahman very difficult boss is brahman and the work that you are doing is brahman and the result of all of that is also brahman whether you will get a scolding or you get a promotion brahman how the only way it is not a snake it's a rope not a computer it's isness awareness it's not boss it is brahman boss already thinks that he is brahman but that's different but is brahman it is not the activity of typing it is brahman swami vivekananda's instruction to mary hail that no, i never said all is god i said god only is all is not that is badha samanadikaranam 
what did mary hell think aikya saman adhikaranam all is god there is all there is god and there one and the same thing or she thought upasana saman adhikaranam you are you are supposed to meditate try to feel all these things are god that is the saman adhikaranam of upasana third type no swami is denying all of that actually it is this shiva gyane jeeva seva the motto of the ramakrishna order from the advaitic perspective Anand Maharaj will give a, a different perspective, which is Vijnana Vedanta perspective. But I am just saying from Shankara's perspective. Shiva Jnana Jiva Seva. Jiva is not, Shiva alone is. That is the nature of the Jnana. Then the Seva, that Karma, it becomes nothing other than Shiva. Karma is not, Jiva is not, Shiva alone is. That is the meaning, Bhada Samanadhi Karanam. This is from classical Advaita. Classical Advaita would say that. This is the meaning of Brahmarpanam Brahmahavi. technically now one more point and then i'll take a few questions i i remember i mentioned food so food has to be related how is it related to food here i am taking this from swami ramsukdasji in hindi he made six points how do you practice it while eating it's become a practice remember when it says brahma karma samadhi the one who sees brahman in all activities activities are not brahman alone is that's the knowledge such a person in all activities not just eating so it's in all activities eating is a good good prototype but it should it should go um, driving and working and talking and reading all of those acti- activities you can do this brahmaharpanam brahmahavi but specifically for eating six points you have mentioned we'll quickly go through it that by which you offer that hand or that spoon or fork Uh, with your offering food into your mouth that hand or the fork or spoon that is brahman in india people eat with their hands so the hand is brahman by which you are offering like the wooden ladle with which you are offering fire into the fire that um, hand with which you are offering food into the mouth that hand is brahman and the beauty of ramsukdasji is he has given references from other parts of gita uh, where krishna is actually saying those things gita 13.13 you can write down those who are taking down notes 13.13 13th verse 13th chapter sarvatah panipadam tat everywhere are the hands and feet of that lord that lord the hands are everywhere. which hands are we seeing hands everywhere like some hollywood special effect no our hands our hands the same consciousness acting through all these hands everywhere is the hand is my hand the hand of the lord um I'm reminded of Maradona passed away, the hand of God. Those those who know football history. All right. Second, what you are eating, that is Brahman. The rice and the dal and the bread and the uh, what you are drinking, all of that is Brahman. That is like the oblation being offered into the fire. The food that you are offering inside, that is Brahman. Again, he gives a reference. Gita chapter nine, sixteenth verse, nine point sixteen. Ahamevajam, I alone am the offering. Krishna, Krishna says, sixteenth verse of ninth chapter. Ahamevajam, I alone am the offering. God is the offering. Offering is the word food we are putting in the mouth. Third point. The one who is eating is also Brahman. So Gita, fifteenth chapter, seventh verse, fifteen point seven. Mamaevangsha jiva loke. An aspect of mine has become a jiva. so the eater is also i am brahman i the eater am i am brahman then the fire agni 
the fire is brahman so the fire in the stomach the fire of hunger fire of hunger is brahman krishna actually says that in um, um, 15th chapter 14th verse 15.14 aham eva aham vaishvanaro bhutva vaishvanara the fire of hunger in the uh, the digestive fire in the stomachs of all living beings i am i god i am brahman i am that then number 5 the activity of eating that means offering the food to the fire of hunger like you offer the ritualistic offerings into the fire in yagya that is also brahman the whole whole activity of eating is brahman how uh, in chapter 9 16th verse 9.16 aham hutam i am the sacrificial offering and the activity of uh, you know havan and those who do the brahmaivatena gantavyam those who see eating in this way remember we are specifically thinking of how to apply it to eating those who consider eating those who are mindful of eating in this way they attain to brahman brahmaivatena gantavyam brahma karma samadhina the one who sees this non dual brahman in all dualistic apparently dualistic activities attains brahman in eating how in gita chapter 4 31st verse 4.31 krishna says those who eat the prasad of an yagya they attain to me very beautiful statement yagya shishtamrito bhujo yanti brahma sanatanam those who uh, eat the offerings after an yagya basically the practice is whatever we eat whenever we eat anything whatever we eat mentally offer it to god and take it as prasad when we offer food to god ritualistically and take get prasad from it let every action of eating whatever we eat even snacks you are taking a cup of coffee mentally offer it to god and then uh, then take then take it and he says the one who eats prasad only prasad yanti brahma sanatanam they attain to brahman eternal brahman remember so this is a very beautiful practice to be done while eating but remember this is not only for eating it is for all activities brahmaatmanam brahmahavi brahmaagno brahmanautam brahmaivatena gantavyam brahma karma samadhina we it is not a ladle it is the non dual brahman it is uh, not the offerings it is non dual brahman it's not a fire it is the non dual brahman it's not the one who is uh, the priest who is doing the activities but it is the non dual brahman the whole activity is itself brahman the one who in the midst of all active uh, swami vivekananda said intense activity in the midst of uh, intense activity there is eternal calm in the midst of all dualistic action appearing your samsaric life is going on you see non dual brahman that one attains to brahman attains to brahman means already has realized aham brahmasmi okay that was wonderful now let me see the activity in the chat so brahman in the chat the barber shop example is and yes um, i have seen this in one of the commentaries of anandagiri more than a thousand years ago he gives the example of many mirrors rick says that like seeing one light bulb in the house should know what's going on in all the electrical correct uh bill that it is all reflected in consciousness not proved that there is no existence apart from consciousness right so this is the big thing our ordinary um understanding is 
that things exist apart from myself. They exist and then I come to know them. I know them and I do not know them. When I know them, they also exist in a certain sense in my mind. But externally, apart from my mind, they exist. So this is the uh, I, this is the, this is why it's difficult to identify existence and consciousness. Then you have to think about the dream example. Notice in the dream example, I'm going about and looking at people in the park, and there is a lake and a sky and a tree, and I'm thinking, what a beautiful, what a beautiful fall colors. Now notice what is happening. There is it feels like there is a there's something outside, fall colors and tree and people and lake. That's outside. I'm thinking it's beautiful, it's inside, in, inside my mind. But if it's a dream and I wake up, I realize all that seemed outside and all that seemed inside, they were all products of one mind only. And that, that which seemed outside and seemed to exist apart from me, they do not exist apart from me. Apart, apart from me, the dreamer's mind. Okay. This dream example should be clear. Now the objection will be, yeah, that's true in a dream. But how do we know that's true in the waking? That's obviously what separates dream from waking. See, what is true of mind and dream is true of consciousness and its objects. I've given you the sutra. Think well upon it. That which is true of mind and dream, Advaita insists that is true of awareness and its objects. Objects of awareness have no existence apart from that awareness. This is the whole trust. And it's, it's not in the common sense thing, not at all. It's dramatically against common sense. Uh, that was the whole trust of the Mandukya. The whole Mandukya was an effort to prove that to us. I've given you the examples of... So the, this is Bill Conrad's old uh, uh, question. Somebody told me, Swami, you can't solve it so fast. He has had this question before you were born. <laughs> So, his question is that how do you say everything is in your mind? How do you say everything is in consciousness? And for, uh, he is not distinguishing between mind and consciousness. Suppose we say, Swami, we put a camera in this room and record it. And we go out of this room. We are not in this room. When we come back and we look at the film in the camera, the room will be there, everything will be there. And we are not there. So, that proves that the room exists. The experiment proves that the room exists apart from my thing. It will not, that will not be true of a dream. When you wake up from the dream, everything is gone. Um, but here, when we left the room, we were not imagining the room, thinking about the room. The room still exists. Your film shows it. So my answer to it was, in your consciousness, you devised this experiment. In your consciousness or awareness, you put up the camera and this room. In your awareness, we all left the room. In your awareness, we have all come back into the room. In your awareness, you are check checking the camera and getting the proof of independent existence apart from awareness. It's still in your awareness. It, it's, not it's a very simple truth, but not, not obvious. That awareness and existence are the same thing. What is the difference between Ishwara and Brahman? Vedansar class. <laughs> you are not attending Vedansar class. We, that's what we were discussing in Vedansar, right? Um, 
Satchidananda Brahman plus Maya, limited through Maya, is Ishwara. So we are discussing that. Precise definitions are there. Rama is asking, Swamiji, it also isn't the knowing and contents of knowledge that are in the mind. The reflected consciousness only enables the knowing. Yes. Though we are the pure consciousness and since the knowing happens through the mind, minds being different in different individuals, aware of only the contents. Of the, absolutely, it's, it's right. That's right. Yes. What is the difference between mind and reflected consciousness? Is the mind it's exact the difference between reflected face and mirror. You see, in Trigdrishya Viveka, this was clearly uh, discussed. Consciousness appearing in the Vritti is reflected consciousness, Chidabhasa. What is the difference between uh, reflected face and mirror? Notice one thing about a reflected face and mirror they go together. Whenever there is a mirror, there will be a reflection of your face. And you cannot separate the reflection from the mirror. It belongs to the mirror. But it also belongs to you in the sense that it's your reflection. So consciousness appears in the mind. Is it, is it real consciousness? Is it the ultimate reality? No, it is a property of the mind. It is still something at the level of the mind. That's why it comes and goes. Hmm. So in a way it is the mind itself. It is the mind itself. It's apart, it's yeah. not apart from the mind. No, it's not apart from the mind. The mind, of it, because of its nature of sattva, has the peculiar capacity of, call it, channelizing or reflecting or using consciousness. So how is that possible? If you ask, if mind and consciousness are entirely different, how is mind interacting with consciousness? The old question which foxed Descartes. This was very subtly discussed in Vedanta, even in Buddhism also. Vedanta has no problem with that. See, ultimately mind is also not separate from consciousness. Isn't it? Mind, body, entire universe. What what did we just learn? Brahma, Pranam, Brahmahavi. They are all appearances in consciousness. So it's not that two entities are interacting and you have to explain how consciousness is interacting with mind. That might be a question in first step. Or even in the second step, which we did. Third step, this problem is resolved. Because the mind, body, everything is an appearance in consciousness. Then, Karma, Sandhyasa, Giving up karma phala. Ah, careful. Karma sannyasa equals giving up karma phala. Karma sannyasa means renunciation of action. Here is the, is the meaning is giving up the results of the action. Selfish results of the action. When we start actions with trying to get individual fulfillment, that is a sign of an unenlightened mind. Those results are given up because we don't want it anymore. But if the action is done for the welfare of others, that's the whole purpose, nothing else. Yes, so it equals giving up the results of the action. You mentioned Krishnamurti, okay, he's saying, Shekhar, you mentioned a few weeks ago that this verse can be interpreted as non-bhakti way to perform karma yoga. Yes, so this today is what I explained, how non-bhakti way. I am the one consciousness in which the body-mind are appearances and acting. There is no question of any bhakti involved here. The bhakti way would be, God is in everything and I am serving God by my actions. I am converting my actions into puja, into yajna. That would be the bhakti way. But this is not the bhakti way. This is the highest advaita. And it shows how action at the level of body and mind, action at the level of the movie is not opposed to non-action at the level of the screen. In fact, it is the non-activity of the screen which make, makes the activity in the movie possible. It is the absolute nature of Brahman which makes the relative world possible. 
ultimately all our appearances um ultimately appearances are appearances brahman of course is not an appearance and so brahman is not an is, is the reality shobha ji says it makes sense now about the concept that there's only way walking eating working but there's no walker um there's only witnessing of the world and witnessing of the world and all the activities in it correct there is no walker eater or worker in reality but there is walking eating working now be careful this is what the buddhists teach advaita vedanta would say there is no walking working eating talking and there is no walker eater talker um, worker uh, so that's not there it's a, it's as you said there is only witnessing of the world and all the activities in it you are awareness shining forth in all these ways no walker no talker no eater but walking talking eating is happening that's a peculiarly buddhist approach because they have the anatma approach they want to dissolve the individual self only rodrigo says is it correct to say that only turiya um realizes really realizes that the self realization is consciousness asserting itself yes but turiya need not realize anything and the realization happens at the level of the individual mind the individual mind which was in ignorance gets enlightened now see all this brahma arpanam brahma we all this stuff it is true only of the enlightened person so it's not true of brahman in general brahman in general we are brahman in general and that brahman does not need enlightenment enlightenment is localized to the mind of the enlightened person that's why we all need to make efforts to get enlightenment in each of these minds ignorance is in this mind that is why this mind is creating samsara is caught in samsara we need to clear it out here my guru's enlightenment will not help me yeah prabir babu is saying is buddhi in shankara's nirvana shatakam intellect or reflected no it is inter- intellect and reflected consciousness is always there in that intellect so nirvana shatakam shankaracharya is not mentioning uh, reflected consciousness he is just mentioning the four aspects of the antakarana mano buddhi chitta hankara mano buddhi hankara chittani naham the first line i am not the mind i am not the buddhi i am not the memory i am not the ego these are functions of the antakarana and in these functions especially in the buddhi consciousness is reflected that is not mentioned on bill's question sangeeta is asking uh, bill's question context once more is it okay to say that there is always somebody's rather than your awareness but it is still sangeeta is there yes maharaj yes uh, what is the question uh, i was wondering uh, the fact that this question uh, you know keeps coming on a loop is it possible that the reason we are not able to see it clearly is because when the camera is on and hmm. it's being recorded it means it's still in somebody's awareness even though it's not in my active awareness no no you don't have to say that you don't have to say that see when you say it is not in my awareness that fact is also in your awareness that there is a camera somewhere which is not in awareness now it i come back into the room now i open up the camera now i see the film all of it is in your awareness see it is not in my awareness that's also a, a thought which is which is in your awareness right so that you have to think about it 
Shweta is saying it is the world, whole world not appearing in my own mind, one who is experiencing it. Can you please explain Ekajivavada a little? Or different from Advaita Vedanta. It's not different from Advaita Vedanta, but that's a very radical form of Advaita Vedanta. I don't want to go into it, but um, there's going to be a discussion between me and Professor um, Professor uh, Thaneshwar Timalsina on Advaita Vedanta and Kashmiri Shaivism. Our uh, Swami in, uh, Harinamanji in San Diego is organizing it. Now, I don't know if Ekajivavada will come up there, but he is an expert on that, Professor Thaneshwar Timalsina. He has written books, Seeing is uh, Reality. Uh, seeing and appearance. Um, he has written a book on Ekajivavada. He is in he's in San Diego. So I would, uh, if you are interested in such things, you can attend that uh, that that dialogue. It's happening in the middle of December sometime. How do we unenlightened people apply? Twenty four, like twenty four by seven, Bill. Oh, how do we apply the 24th verse? How do we apply the 24th verse? Yes. So we, this gives us the perspective of the enlightened person. We try to get enlightenment. And also our application is that we know, even when we do not feel it and we do not realize it, we know that this is the underlying reality, that it is Satchidananda and I alone am, am that reality. Try to understand that and try to get that feeling while engaged in action also. Also, it explains many things that you don't have to actually withdraw from action. Uh, Brahma Karma every action is not, uh, is Brahman um, um, so yes in activity and in no action also in both cases you can be remain centered in Brahman but for us of course at our level we'll have to make the effort until it becomes a clear effortless realization I think Krishnamurti has a hand up uh, yes uh, Swamiji Or you, you've taught in the past that uh, it, objects that actually appear to us, objects of the world, they are Brahman, and that 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 makes sense. I'm wondering how to understand uh, the the statement that the actions are also uh, Brahman, or mm-hmm. or you know even the Vedic sentence uh, Yagya Vai Vishnu, mm-hmm. uh, you know Yagya the, the uh, selfless action performed is uh, Vishnu. So how how can how can we understand actions as Brahman? Take a simple example, um, two examples. One is the dream example, one is the movie example. Isn't it true that not only all the objects in your dream, the people and the places and the sky and the earth and the river, they are all your mind actually. Though actually if in the dream itself, if you start digging into a road, you will not find the mind. If you take water from a lake, you will not find the mind. But they are all mind. Their appearances in mind. Similarly, all activities, suppose you are walking through the park or you are eating, talking in your dream, all the activities, they are also the mind only. What are they made of? Are there real people doing real actions? No. That's all imagined in the mind. Similarly, all activity also must be in in consciousness and nothing other than consciousness. In that sense. This is, I'm talking from an ultimate ultimate sense and from, from an Advaitic perspective. All right then, you really run out of time today. But good, I was able to cover all the points that I wanted to talk about. This is a very, very wonderful verse. If you're feeling hungry, it's time for uh, dinner. All right. 
शांति 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 हरि ओम तत्सत् श्री राम कृष्णार्पणमस्तु